0: In the modern New Age movement, almost everyone talks about living with an open heart. But what does that really involve? You know, this is an important topic because not only are we having these next level open hearted relationships being amazing in themselves but it's in our relationships that we most quickly come into touch with our shadow patterns as well as our ability to open our heart fully to live. So that's all we're going to be exploring today with Elijah Parker from the Gene Keys. Now, if you're listening to this podcast version of the episode, I'd suggest you check out the video version on my new YouTube channel, just search for shadow work library, and you'll be able to see Elijah's glowing vibes and his new tan. (laughs) And you can see this cute loft I'm in right now in downtown LA. Now, Elijah's team's Venus Sequence guides us through how we can use our relationships as a precise mirror of our unconscious shadow patterns so that we can access realms of transformation that otherwise would have remained hidden from us. And if right now you're thinking, oh, this is some hokey relationship coaching kind of thing, I just want to put the brakes on that really quick because this system is like nothing you're imagining. It's literally life altering. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that. So yeah, how's that for an intro, Elijah?
1: (laughs) I love it. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's amazing to to get to feel that level of reality of let's throw away all of the stories that we think we're about to talk about and actually feel what is the magic and gift inside these shadows. So, Thank you for that.
0: I mean, it's something that said it's something that we can put on a coffee mug. But until you live that life, that contemplative life of finding meaning in every bit of grit, you don't know until you explore it. So I'm really excited to have you on. Um, I know you're one of the leading experts in the Gene Keys. You're one of the, the leadership there. I know you're a musician. You're very good at the tech side of things. You really enjoy tea. But that's about all I know about you, if I'm honest. You're kind of a mystery to me, even though I see your face quite often online. So what exactly do you do now? And how did you get into this kind of work?
1: I love that question. I think those still are the main things about me. Uh, but uh, my name is Elijah Parker and I've been graced to get to explore the jinkies. It's it's been 11 or 12 years now. I kind of lost track and as soon as it touched, you know, my life, I resisted it completely. I hated it. I thought this was the <laughs> stupidest and uh, clearly another another trap of the mind, another another story. And then it started to work inside me. And it's been years of getting to dance and play and explore and contemplate the Jinkies. And now it seems, you know, years later, I work with Jinkies.com, this amazing team of people creating learning courses and creating programs and events and experiences. And it it was a platform that really leveraged my care of I want to see humanity experience itself in a more compassionate, more kind, more loving, more inspired way. And not a lot of jobs out there were um, exactly creating a field for that. And so I'm so lucky that I actually got to meet with Richard many years ago and continue to co-create with him, to, to write with him, to create these courses. So I've been behind the scenes for uh, many years now inside the Jinkies Keys worlds to help with, I do everything from web design and debugging things and all of those <laughs> issues and running teams. And I think that's really what connects all of the different dots of me is my love for people my love to engage with really authentic caring communion and that means in our business meetings and in emails and in all of the places in between that we're actually bringing this contemplative transformational work into the tiny little moments in between So I try my best to kind of bring that to all of the areas of my world, whether it's hyper-technical or getting to work with sessions. I do a lot of one-on-one work with people um, or getting to lead groups into these experiences and getting to participate in these experiences because Mm -hmm. 10, 11, 12 years later with this particular work, and I am still amazed at opening up a gene key and finding whole new vaults of real wisdom for me inside it. And that's kind of what keeps me coming back day after day, is this is something that's living. It's something that's breathing. It's something that keeps inspiring me. And uh, yeah, that's a little bit, I guess, of, of me and my work with the Jinkies.
0: Man, I have a thousand questions I want to ask right now. Just on a personal note, I know this is so off topic, but in the way that the business or, uh, works, I, w- I always wondered about that because... Uh I think it's maybe I'm not sure exactly what gene key is, but it's talking about synarchy or maybe mm-hmm. synergy. And I in the back of my mind I wondered, I wonder how the gene keys organization on a business level really operates. i I mean it's in the book, but I wanted to really know, is it really like that legit? You guys really connect on that level and
1: you know what's what's I've found so important is if you work in any transformational business, and the jinkies is clearly the topic is transformation and, and awakening and all of these, you have to live that inside Mm -hmm. your life. And luckily, the jinkies is very inclusive of the fact that the shadow is fuel, this interference code is a reminder, a teacher is not me and you are are wrong and bad and sinned for having these mistakes or having these you know conflicts inside ourselves and so for me i it i mean some of these people are like my family at this point we've we've gone so deep in our actual you know personal transformational life and to just witness other souls who eyes light up around what this transmission with this teaching has kind of called us into our, our own center in our life. So I think a big part of it is witnessing because the, the Jinkies is a gentle and patient practice. And so we, like many businesses, have to face a lot of the real world challenges. And I think that's important about Synarchy, for example, these these cities, these highest essence of a gene key, communion and synarchy and, you know, ascension, They're these high lofty words that are in themselves inherent inside the shadow, but we are both perfect and perfecting, right? So there's definitely mm-hmm. tensions in how do we land that in our bodies, in the world, and in a capitalist society and in you know, cybersecurity and all of the the many, you know, challenges that the world brings. But luckily, inside that, I think, is a willingness to see this isn't an obstacle to waste. This is another blessing for us to be honest and listen. How can we do this differently? And I think that is the one thing I have consistently seen is a willingness in everyone involved with the jinkies to really listen and ask that question of how can this generate a creative response instead of creating another culture of more um, constricted uh, communication, if that makes sense.
0: Absolutely. It's a very brave mission to go on. There are games that we feel we may need to play to make it in the online world. And I've, I'm constantly... Um, in awe of how your team operates. Hmm. You you use the technology, you use the tools, but you don't play the game. And perhaps that makes growth a little bit slower and perhaps that's perfect, right? Like, who knows? Who knows who's pulling the strings here? (laughs) Now, for people listening that don't know what gene keys are, they're probably like, what are these people talking about? So I know we had Richard Rudd on the show uh, several months ago and we really went through it then, but it would be great if you could give us a, a synopsis on what we're even talking about right now. Fantastic.
1: I love that question because I always, I never really know what I'm going to say. But I think (laughs) today, what are the jinkies? The jinkies are a map of specifically a map of 64 archetypes. And every jinky moves from a shadow, which of course, if you're tuning into this podcast, you're interested in what is that word? And for me, they are victim states of constricted flow. And instead of trying to get rid of that shadow, instead of saying that that shadow is wrong, the the Jinkie's magic is moving from shadow to gift to city, the highest essence. What if there really was a genuine reason, design and makeup of that shadow? And as it's listened to, as we relax into it, as we learn about it, as we take the shadow in, pour it a cup of tea and listen to what it's, fears and what its anger is really pointing to there are these gift states there are these miraculous inventive um, explorations of that same energy in a more flowing and compassionate state and in the end the city is as a recognition of what if there is this enlightened frequency of that particular pattern in our life and like you said who's pulling the streams what if what if we are organized by that loving compassion mm. and the jinkies explore that journey inside a collective level like very vast you know how society moves through these challenges of violence and and all of these x you know uh, um, expiring defense patterns that no longer serve our collective thrival and then, but also for why I do this is because it's very individual. It's very, how do I interact with or react or repress or embrace these shadows? Like for me, one of my gene keys is greed. You know, how do I handle that relationship with this very powerful um, shadow? And they provide a map and a journey for us to each individually explore that transformation inside ourselves. While providing the poetic wisdom of Richard Rudd, the amazing author, and most importantly, maybe critically to any wisdom, bringing our own awareness to our bodies, to our memories, to ourselves, and listening, what does this feel like in me, and honestly, for anyone that goes and reads the Jinkies book, you'll have that moment if you've drawn to these teachings where it's like, how could something be so eerily accurate to Mm. the experience that's going on in my body? That for me is a litmus test of is this wisdom? Is this really speaking to something true? And I think the Gene are constantly curving us with that contemplative lens to look inward, to ask those questions and to receive ourselves so that these shadows can really tell their stories.
0: It's a brilliant description of the gene keys. I do agree with you that every time I try to explain it to someone, I'm like, well, what is gonna happen now? Um, you had mentioned that it's the shadow could be listened to and relaxed into. That's a bit of a strategy in the way that we subscribe to this kind of work. Um, that really to me implies what we were talking about before around playing this game. You know, I brought up the hokey Relationship Coaching course, which no offense if you have a relationship course, I've taken many of them. I love them. Hokie ones too. I love those. (laughs) Who doesn't, right? Um, But this thought that it, it should be relaxed into and relaxation is a slow process. Patience is a slow process. Gentleness, there's no way to be gentle urgently or quickly. And I think that's a really interesting place to start as we're diving more into the relationship side of this conversation. Um I think the way that I may title this may bring people in that are looking to have healthier relationships, mm. external relationships. And so would you say that that is what the Venus sequence helps with is with relationships outside of yourself?
1: I think the the <laughs> the game, right, is is the mm. the the secret trick is that the Venus sequence, especially the Venus sequence is absolutely about our relationships in life, but as instead of a remedy to how do I, what's the tool, what's the hack that I can use to get what I want out of the universe, right? How do I, how do I make my partner happier? Or how do I compromise something inside myself so that I can fit into the, the other or call in those things into my life. The Venus sequence is a mystery into my own being first and foremost. Is to really explore my body, my experiences and past relationships, my childhood, my the way that I relate to the world, because relationship absolutely is is these parallel pathways weaving together. You know, these, these different people with different backgrounds and experiences coming together and probably triggering the heck out of each other mm-hmm. and sparking all of these amazing insights and and. Uh, You know, you see that in chemistry of relationships that come together and they they flare up and they wound up in each other and then they burn out or they 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 run away. But all of that, I am in relationship the whole way through that. And the Venus sequence is a mystery of listening to my stream and how my triggers and my defense systems relate, because the truth is, is I can see a thread through all of my relationships. You know, oh, that was who Mm -hmm. I was through each of these other relationships. And some intelligence drew me to those people. And a part of the Venus Sequence is recognizing what if everything, every experience that I attract is a mirror for me unwinding these wounds inside myself. Mm -hmm. And in turn, I do get to be more intimate and and, open-hearted and aware and awake with other relationships. And in fact, I see the Venus Sequence making me a much happier person in my relationships, but not because it magically fixed me or fixed them, but rather it taught me how to soften into myself and how to notice the little vibrations of, hmm, that's when I I twinge and I go into my anger or I go into my fear or I go, and I can listen to that a little deeper because this intimacy with myself is paramount to any real intimacy with anyone else in my life. That's why I think the Venus sequence might be a little bit of a trick. Of course, it's about relating with others, but it starts with self.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, how about we dive into more about what the Venus sequence is? And I think that that will illuminate a lot more around how it works and how people can imagine themselves going through their own process. So first off, if you haven't gotten your free Gene Keys profile, your Hologenetic profile, you can go to genekeys.com slash...
1: Free, profile? Dash profile. Yep. Free dash profile.
0: Free dash profile. I've gone to it hundreds of times for friends, so I should know that URL. And you can put in your birth information. So you need to know the time, place, and the date of your birth. And it'll show you your complete profile. And right in the middle, the bottom middle will be these red bubbles. We call them spheres. And there'll be numbers in them. And you'll be wondering, what do I do with this? So the Venus sequence retreat that's going to be closing, um, if I'm correct, October 31st, 2022 yep. of this year. Um, that is going to be a group exploration of each of these spheres. Like, how does that work?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, after you you get your profile, which does have that astrological component, right? We're putting in our birth time. And it generates one gene key for each of these six spheres, these red bubbles on, on, on your profile. And the Venus sequence is walking you through each of those spheres, giving you context for purpose giving you context for attraction, sexual, creative, and and just the field of attraction of experiences in our life. And each one has a different name, has a different field, uh, a different theme that it is working with and uh, unlocking it with this jinky, with a line um, that's encoded inside that, that sphere. So the Venus Sequence as a study is a way you can just self-study. You can just read this beautiful writing. You can watch the videos and kind of decode your own map uh, and most importantly, then applying ooh that really touched me about my past relationships and 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 you can journal and you can work with this information to really digest your yourself <laughs> to you know to contemplate is to softly and playfully and curiously digest yourself and then see how it unfolds in the next relationship that begins. And the venus sequence as a retreat is an opportunity to do to one have a little bit of guidance have we do q a sessions and we 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 keep ourselves on the rhythm where we explore one of those a month because it does take time you know it takes time to really let these things sink in and when we live in a fast-paced world we're always looking for the next uh, beautiful thing in our life and the jinkies can't be a quick fix. They mm-hmm. they require you to slow down with them. Um, but we also can't just take six months out of our busy lives and and go to the mountains. So, I mean, if you can, you know, hallelujah, <laughs> enjoy your time. But this is about integrating with our daily rhythms, they integrating into our lives. And contemplation itself is a practice for that of just having it in the back of your mind while you do the dishes and pick up the kids and, and you know, pay the bills the Venus retreat is like that with a global community. We have amazing people all over the world. So you get this group field, all choosing to enter into a container of grace, all choosing to say, I'm going to look inward and see these shadows inside myself as great teachers. And in turn, by the end of six months, it's like a a, a drawn out ritual that you just mm. get to exit out of a whole new uh, gestation into your new life. And I really highly encourage anyone interested in the Gene Keys to do it together it is a profound gift.
0: It really is. And it running in the background of your life is so important because that is one of the challenges with online programs is that we're all so busy and to commit to understanding this deep work in four weeks can be a real challenge. Unless you're like you said, you are committed to it at every moment of the day. But also that's not quite shadow work either. It is when we're in the mundane that we test our our new skills. Okay, cool. So, um, how about would you give us a sneak peek into all of these spheres? Richard Rudd did it for the Pearl sequence, which was really exciting. And I do have to admit something. So I have been studying the gene keys for seven years now. And I have barely gone into the Venus sequence. So that means I have spent 7 years on four gene keys. <laughs> on on the first four and there is a never-ending exploration of those four. Now, for anyone listening, you absolutely don't have to do that, but I just there's just so much goodness in there, but I'm ready to move on. So this conversation is going to be for me as well. <laughs>
1: Ooh, I love hearing that. That's I think that's I I also did several years with just the activation. And I think that's I think that's really magical. And I would love to give a sneak peek of the of the Venus. I think that's a great thing.
0: Okay, cool. So how about we start with um, does it make sense to start with the purpose sphere? Yeah,
1: you know, I think I think even just when you look at the the free profile, when you get that profile, I think it's laid out with a really beautiful Uh, trick for you is we see the life's work up top we see what we're doing out in the world and purpose is all the way down at the root at the base of the chart and i even see it sometimes in my body and so like feeling into the root of my body and the 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 depths of my you know dantian and belly and bottom of my spine because the purpose isn't something we do out there. It's our, it it is in our relationships and it is in our work, but it's fueled and fed by this deep inner being, you know, not, we're a human being here. And the purpose is an amazing place to start because it is, the design of who you are, you know, and take away all the other stories. For me, it's the line of ce- it's the jinky of celebration. It's mm-hmm. this jinky of life and death and the great choke that we are all dying as we sit here and talk and, and play and dance and how to live with my expectations, the shadows in my relationships, right? Because the purpose is also comes alive in my in my relationships. Oh. The things I want from you, the things I want from this moment, the things I want uh, and for my future children, you know, it's expectations can be crippling because we're looking ahead to the future. So I have to have this deep body sense of like, what does expectation mean for me in my life? And then how can I learn from the gift of detachment, the middle word there? The Mm -hmm. gift of detachment reminds me I can't be cold and and shut off my heart. I've tried. I've tried to. Be, you know, what I thought was healthy stoicism, and in turn, I just stopped myself from being intimate and receiving love. You know, detachment Mm. and any gifts that you find, they'll ask us to relax a little bit more. So this jinky of purpose for me, it was, oh, I need to really deeply celebrate my body, celebrate my the 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 roots of my being, and in turn, I get to find out how that purpose starts to play out with others. And, you know, I can talk about jinkies all day long, but if we're in the room together and my line two purpose is relaxed, then the greatest gift that I'm giving into the field is that flow, is that relaxation, is that non-agenda love and celebration encoded in me. And that's Mm -hmm. what I hope, like anyone that finds their purpose is, oh, I just get to be me and that is what helps me live my Dharma. And that's what helps me stay resilient amidst, amidst turbulence. So the purpose is paramount for that reason, but it's not going to be a purpose that I build a, a monument and, and, and get seen for and get recognized for. It's the purpose that I'm going to feel. And hopefully as I trust that more, as I relax into that current, more and more people around me will feel and love and be nourished by that purpose.
0: Oh, I love that. My purpose is a 63.2. Mm-hmm. And I know when I'm in the vibe of inquiry, I am loving life. I am feeling so solid. And it's so great to know that that shadow there, the shadow of doubt, to just know when my red flags are going up. Yeah. You know, I actually, the way that I, I like to talk about this with people, we talk about shadow work specifically is... I train in the moments where I am vibing high, right? I I read those shadows. Because we fall to the level of our training when we're vibing low. You know, our nervous systems aren't so online. We're on the fritz. We haven't slept so well, maybe not taking care of our bodies so much. So, just the cognitive ability to show up as your best self and to pull yourself out of there, that might not need to be the thing. But if we can train ourselves to understand what is doubt for me personally feel like and look like, I can have more distance between the immediate and spiraling into longer, prolonged bouts of doubt. Yeah. Okay, great. Purpose. Love that one. I have looked at that a million times, but now we're getting into the area that I need to start studying. So the next one would be attraction. Yeah. So like
1: moving up the profile, I always see the Venus sequence, by the way, as kind of the inner plumbing of the Jinkies chart. And so it's like moving into the belly, into the sexual center, into the womb, into and, and into that mysterious f- attraction force, you know, this mysterious gyrating part of ourselves that calls in other, right? And so this field of attraction, I love Richard's work here of, of not trying to tweak the field of attraction, you know, the classic, oh, I want to manifest what I want. So I'm going to try to mess with this field of attraction. And the attraction sphere for me asks that question of what if I'm already attracting the exact nutrients that I need to live my Dharma to unravel my karma the the stories and the wound patterns and the constricted pieces of my uh, experience in order to actually live my purpose to really feel my purpose so the attraction sphere it does call in challenge you know it does call it whatever that shadow word is you know and and uh, it'll it'll call in these experiences and and, This isn't excusing bad behavior. This isn't excusing pain and abuse and, 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 you know, the messed up parts of our, of our relationships, but it is recognizing what is it that I need to actually learn, digest inside myself in not just to attract better partners or better experiences, but that this part of me is calling for a creative response you know, because it's not just sexuality, which it is a big part of that. It is the moon and it does call in our emotional and sexual encounters, but also it's creative attraction, that there is mm. friction in the air in order to create something, to blossom into something. And, you know, I'm curious to hear your attraction field and, and mine for transparency is is uh is the jinky of thirty-three, which is mindfulness. Mm. And so a big part of like and it has a line one which can constrict or be very fertile and so i have to i had to explore that for a long time um maybe one tip for people who are very exploring gene keys look at its programming partner you know Mm. when i looked at its programming partner in the attraction field it's like getting to feel the other yin yang um, dynamism in my life and so looking at the shadows of codependence and forgetting when did I f- forget myself into oh. these relationships and these codependent codes? And in turn, mindfulness, like heartfulness, sensitivity, when I breathe into, wow, I need to listen to what my skin needs. And then I can listen really carefully to actually what the other person is asking for and needs.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that gentleness was huge in my relationships. And I really appreciate just learning a more fertile way to look at, oh, I shut down. That's how I shut down in my attraction. And I, and I feel it very physically when that happens. And the sensitivity and mindfulness was like this gentle opening. And now I attract incredible experiences, including more challenge. But I get kind of turned on by that, Ooh, great, there's more fuel now that <laughs> I get to use inside that creative sexual center called the attraction field.
0: Man, this is a very, very interesting one. It's like a—I I keep hearing the word "life hack," and I hate that word. But mm-hmm. it does feel like once you get this profile and you start to understand this stuff, it feels unfair. <laughs> it really does because you can watch The Secret, you can learn about Law of Attraction, but with this, it's like you know very, very specifically what you need to be aware of and what you can grow from so good so mine is a 13.5 mm. the shadow of discord the gift of discernment the city of empathy and so because i haven't really studied this so much i'm do you, would you be able to tune into me and see you know how this might be playing out in one's life that's a
1: 13.5 yeah i'd be happy to i appreciate the the hearing that i the 13 one of its magic is a deep listening right it's the healer that listens it's the it's the mouse's whiskers that can pick up very fine-tuned um disturbances in the field emotional cues and, and so like this incredible listener um magic in there and and also discernment right like listening very carefully so that you can Um, pick up that you're going to feel all these emotional waves and discerning your proper navigation of them. And the line five there is going to be kind of the, the style, the, the, the activator for that key. And line five is power. So where has power been abused and misused in the world? And so the line five is going to call in intense power dynamic issues it's going to be rewriting, rewriting our neurology so that we can handle our authority in right relation to actually help guide the field around to mm-hmm. be more efficient with its energy. So this is a sexual mastery. This is a relational mastery that requires a deep trust in your and uh, a solace in your aloneness so that it's not compromising power, but also the incredible dexterity that you probably i can kind of feel from your the way you speak like a dexterity with relationship is going to be the superpower inside that so honoring the power that it's taken you and the power that you wield in that sphere and so may you may you be master of listening in that relational field i think is what that attractions field says
0: Oh, that's amazing. You nailed a lot of that. And thank you for not speaking so much to the shadow aspects, which I will now just to close the loop on that. (laughs) I have seen this show up in my life my whole life, basically. Once I hit puberty, I realized subconsciously how my sexuality could be used to gain power. Truly not in a conscious way, but now in hindsight, realizing the things that i've done to you know power back in the day for me was to feel loved to feel valuable so i would bring it into the workplace or you know a lot of things that i'm not proud of but i'm glad it happened because now i can look back and really understand the gift of this power which in its highest form at least the highest form that i've been able to get to so far is is really beautiful and gentle and also yeah very discerning very mm-hmm. subtle Um, you know, I think it's why it reminds me of the marketer Mm -hmm. making something sexy, but also there's a lot of influence behind that. And there's a lot of responsibility around that. So I'm feeling some kind of way about this one, but I'm not going to get into therapizing myself on the show yet. So (laughs) how about we move on (laughs) to, um, the IQ. Does that sound like a next good step? Sounds good. Great. You
1: know, as I, I, I honor you for like Ooh, just feeling and see, sensing how that hits. And then mm-hmm. like what you said, the marketer, I think that's a really important thing about that line five as it moves to the IQ is you know, shamanic sed- seduction back into ourselves, right? Like mm-hmm. really what's the mission that the line five is trying to articulate? And I think it's beautiful you said, oh, I look for love, I look for value, I look for power for those reasons. So the five is here to kind of use that same fuel and you'll see when you go from the attraction to the iq you're moving into um it's called the pathway of karma Uh, and so it, it calls on these relationships that we grew up with and also the conditioning patterns and the society conditioning patterns that we have oh there's something here that the attraction field is calling in this energy so that i can catalyze transformation and unwind that karma So when we look at the IQ, it's called the trigger or the catalyst. It's, it's, it's the mental block in its shadow state. It's the mental blocks that we put from feeling the flood of our heart's passionate beauty. So Mm. the IQ can be amazing intelligence. And this isn't just how many books have I read or how, whatever that version of intelligence, this is, it's not intellect. It's, it's a pathway. It's a, it's a sphere of, heart mind is in harmony so that i can utilize these triggers to transform catalytic um, catal- catalyze my life uh and then in relationships you can look at this sphere to say what triggers me in my relating you know look at my my primary partnerships in my life or uh, or coworkers you know and ooh You know, my my trigger is uh, I have the shadow of desire or its programming partner of half heartedness. It's like, where do I overcommit? Where do I undercommit? Where do I just want to have a really fancy dinner and that be the whole thing that I'm focused on? Or where do I Mm -hmm. fall into my desires that distract me from uh, from what I'm really feeling? And I pick up my phone instead of digesting what my belly was just
0: Mm. dealing
1: with from that statement. So you get to look at the trigger. And that's why I love the Jinkies is it's a trigger. It's initiating something. It's triggering something. And so that catalyst says to me now, my mind said something. My heart was feeling something. And now Venus is asking me, let's have a conversation and let's use the gift and the city words in that conversation. So now it's like, oh, I can, I can approach it with lightness. I can approach it with deep devotion and commitment and feel the rapture of my body. And that's where I think the shamanic superpower of the IQ is, is like when in relationships, what is your catalytic vibration that you're bringing into your relationships because you've seen your triggers so clearly?
0: Wow. Okay. What was your line again?
1: I'm a line one there as well.
0: Line one. Okay. Interesting so i'm a 58.4 hmm. what are your thoughts
1: 58 is a is a tricky one right that dissatisfaction <laughs> shadow is not ever going to be repressed it's the hum of i always call it the divine dissatisfaction it'll it'll never be as good as i know the universe is and when i'm trying to digest the vibration as good or bad but when i receive that it's just sensation and sensation is information it can trigger this great vitality or better yet like the bliss is that moment of there's there is no bad or wrong to this vibration it is all this vibration this whole universe is this vibration it's that kind of buddhic bliss that doesn't Dis, um, differentiate so in relationships that fuel right that's like trigger of my dissatisfaction in relationships and dissatisfaction of myself dissatisfaction in what the other is seeing and then line 4 what does it do to my chest to my heart to my my um, do i freeze do i get numb do i push people away before they push me away or do I people please and I, uh, you know, mm. go inauthentic so that I can be protected? Right.
0: Yuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. I feel that very much. Oh, I did not feel like this. I didn't think that this conversation was going to go there, but I'm going to have a moment after this. Right. I could have to journal some feelings out. So. For anybody who's listening or watching this, what we're doing is we're going through my profile and Elijah's profile, and that's why we're talking about these random numbers. So if you go onto the website and you get the free profile, you'll be able to get your own personal numbers and then go through the Gene Keys book and read and understand these transmissions in the way that you understand them. So in the Gene Keys system, organization, whatever we wanna call it, we don't do readings, Mm -hmm. right? we can guide someone through this process. And so what I'm asking Elijah to do is just like a fun thing to see what he thinks, but this is really about me, how I read it. It's going to be so much different than the way that he reads it. Um, But it is great to have that guidance. So that's why this Venus Sequence uh, retreat is just, it's great. If you want to feel into this, how it feels for yourself rather than just listening to Elijah and I go through hours, then that's exactly what that would be. So, all right, EQ. How is that different than the IQ?
1: I love that you know, and that's that's the magic of intelligence, and that's what this pathway kind of opens up is IQ and EQ, and EQ being emotional quotient, right, is the mm. is, is versus intellectual quotient, and we start to introduce our defense systems, and and what we what is our inner Mars, what does our inner warrior do mm. when it gets um, def- uh, when it's trying to defend the heart? And also in its, in its highlight, how does it dance? You know, how does it dance with that life? How does it create from that healthy emotional boundary? And so when you look at your trigger and your defense system internally, you know, the funny thing is like, you'll look at your relationship and be like, Oh, I thought that was my trigger and their defense system. And it's like, Oh no, it's my trigger and my defense system (laughs) both going on at the same time. And it's probably their trigger and their defense system also but that's why it's parallel. And I think it was so beautiful what you said of like, this is why I can't do your jinkies for you. You can't do my jinkies for me because we're each in that inner relationship first and foremost. And until I really listen to these parts of myself, they are going to act out, you know, the, the, and the, the deeper piece, which we definitely can't do today is just like the understanding that these are childhood conditioning patterns too. And that's why the Venus sequence is laid out really gently is we're, we're touching deeper and deeper to places that were encoded into us when we were children, you know, and what we did to be safe, what we did to find that emotional or physical safety, and then eventually how we, because all of those things are how we were taught, that's what love is, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that, you know, when I I did that, because that's what I thought love was. And so the, the Venus Sequence is a, is a gentle and tender process. And I really want to honor what you said a few moments ago, like this is vulnerable to share what's really coming up for you inside your gene keys. And I think that's a big part of creating a shared language of intimacy
0: mm-hmm. so that
1: we understand we're all suffering on these deep levels and we all have these places of, ooh, I do not always want to look at those things inside myself. But by giving it this spectrum, so in the EQ, looking at your shadow and your gift and your city as the cauldron of how you honor your heart instead of the cage, the armor that we put around our heart. And for me, it's force to strength, to majesty, Mm. to not bang my head, trying so hard to superficially make it okay with my partner, with myself or with, you know, and, and... to understand that real strength comes from the belly comes from like centeredness comes from this, this ability to listen from, from the inner gravity. So what it's taught me is to stop pushing, pushing away. And also like, Oh, like please. And longing. And I get off my center. Mm. I lose myself off center and I'm trying to pull it to me as opposed to sitting here in that groundedness of my majest- my majestic belly and knowing, there's enough love in the universe in between us for all the healing that is needed. So I don't have to bleed myself to my relationship. And I don't have to force it away because I'm feeling triggered that it's going to bleed me. And that's an inner dance. And no one can kind of fix that for me. I have to learn how to regulate my emotional boundaries.
0: Mm -hmm. That's a good one. That's one of my favorite gene keys. I think if everyone just read that one, we would have a very different world. I mean flip to any page and we'd have a very different <laughs> world, but that's a good one. It's a really good one. I feel like mine is a complicated in this spot here. It's the a shadow of a 28.5.
1: Mm. Yeah. That's my SQ, 28.5. Ooh.
0: It's a good one. Purposelessness. Oof. <laughs> what
1: what, you know, and I think that's the inquiry, right? Is like what do you what do you feel in your heart when that purposelessness kicks in and what, what do you think your inner warrior does when that purposelessness is felt?
0: Mm. Well, for me, I can't answer that. I rush into a more Virgo state of people pleasing or cleaning up something or creating a plan that I'm not going to follow, but just to do it. I try to have the sense of urgency that I need to get something accomplished and I feel on the other side of it like I'm running from something. That would be that's that feeling sense of purposelessness.
1: That's really helpful for, for, for my 285 to hear you say that of <laughs> like, right, that's what that <laughs> I, I, I really resonate with that. Um, you know, the 28 for me is is is, Uh, one of my personal names for it is the sin eater is, is Mm. it is able to digest some of the deepest, darkest parts of this world. And when I turn into those places, all that resistance that I was using to run all the resistance I was using to build something else, to avoid that piece suddenly become available to me. And that's what I think totality really teaches us, right? Is, Oh, there's this information here but I think it's really important of, oh, but the the impulse is to build the next thing. And I think that's mm-hmm. the power of that line five. And it's in its Mars is like build us a more efficient, practical, charismatic pathway to feel our totality. Yeah. And so when you're in totality doing even when we do our distraction, because it's all encoded in like, no, there's an impulse in there. So my it, like what I suggest to myself and maybe you can find it, too, is like, oh, cool if I feel myself in that scattered, I'm, I'm running from that energy is to take totality with me on that journey, even mm. of running, if that makes sense.
0: Yes. I love that. I just had this visual of running down the streets of downtown LA with like a, a weight vest on, you know, it's like, <laughs> I'm coming with you, but you're not going to run very far because we got to address this. <laughs> That's funny.
1: Absolutely
0: awesome well then let's get into your the sq then yeah, yeah. well
1: you know it's, it's a funny word and it's called the spiritual quotient right so if, if you could put a number to your your spiritual quotient and the reason for this trinity of iq eq sq is this this there is a deepening of of um uh, my childhood patternings of my mental patternings from 14 to 21 in the IQ and my emotional patterns of seven to 14 in my EQ and now this physical innocence of zero to seven and that's why I call the SQ the the mythical innocence of who I am and what if almost don't look at the shadow for a moment and just Mm -hmm. like feel the lotus little lotus baby of like uh, like who is the center of my chart the center of my heart and what does that little child need you know how how what does it need more space does it need more boundaries does it need to play does it need to have like rhythm in its life and that's what you'll see in the line there is it's reminding the inner parenting like oh like mine mine needs mentoring my teachers in my life, my Qigong teachers and my Buddhist teachers and these and Richard and people and and my mentors who've taught me skills, like they've helped me find the abundant love inside my little mythical heart and help sculpt and distill a way that it shines out and a way that I can speak from my heart. And that's also come from a lot of powerful, amazing women in my life teaching me where I am not speaking from my heart. And, and this, incredible wisdom of like mentorship can be this great distilling factor but it doesn't come from a deep guilt it's mm-hmm. it's the abundance of love so you can look at the SQ of like how does my heart want to shimmer out that love and how is it teaching me my breakthrough so that when whenever i get lost and all the mental all the stuff or or in relationship you know like can i look in my partner and remember that i am still that little child and it it starts to melt away some of those stories that we have in between ourselves. And that's why I think the SQ is the most important. And yet, maybe not as something we don't do. You know, the, mm-hmm. the SQ is is an innocent reminding us inside that, if that makes sense.
0: Oh, that's so nice to have a bit of an easy one in there. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, just look at the gift. I was like, oh, oh my gosh, what what a fun way to play around with that and to really feel that to embody this for me a little girl that 64.6 just imagination that one's easy i mean then that's good i don't have to do any work around that that feels really good (laughs) awesome and
1: in fact like we get to use imagination when the other stuff does get heavy. And I think mm-hmm. that's what's really important about the Jinkies in general for me. I love that it's the 64. I think that's a critical, but it, I want this to be an adventure. You know, it's like, and that's what the Jinkies has helped me do is mm-hmm. it's tough to be human. We are a messed up species in a messed up time of life. And we have been doing a lot of things in an inefficient way. And mm-hmm. it can be very easy to let the shadow be itself. And that's all that exists. Right. It's like when I'm feeling the shadow, it's probably how I identify myself as, oh, I'm always this inadequacy. I'm always inadequate, you know, whatever the story is. But judgment for my my core, you know, it's like I'm always in self judgment or judging others or judging the, the brokenness of the world. But if we don't have a pathway, not to bypass, not to put pretty thoughts on top of it, and that's why the Jinkies, it articulates very real ways that that energy of the shadow is in use in creative creative ways. To learn that inside ourselves, that I think is the key part of all of this, because that's the responsibility i think each individual has right now in a turbulent time is to not just work on the very real external things we do need to keep fixing in our relationships and our world and our in our collective but to change how we're addressing those issues because otherwise we're going to just cycle back again on an addictive loop if we don't if we only fix the symptoms so use that sq as like inspiration to the adventure of this whole shadow work
0: I love that you said that. It's both, right? It is an urgent mission that every human on Earth has a birthright to do and a responsibility to do. In some instances, and also it's a fun adventure. Like both are true. Um, I'm so glad you had brought that up. This this importance of focusing on yourself. You know, I mean, like, yeah, no duh. That's everybody talks about that. But truly, every other issue that we are experiencing in this world may become a a non-issue, a mute point if we did this kind of work. Um, My my partner and cinematographer that we're working with on this documentary that Richard is narrating, I couldn't believe it. Oh, my goodness. Sounds so good. So anyway, I'll tell you more about that later. (laughs) Um, They went to the Toronto International Film Festival, uh, TIFF, and they went to the Mental Health Documentary Workshop and, uh, you know, Werner Herzog was there giving his talk on this and that. And they had these huge documentarians there. And they felt they left feeling like everybody actually was missing the mark, humbly feeling this, right? Because these people are legendary, they're greats, they're visionaries. But you can't talk about environmental issues without talking about the human issues, right? We can't talk about political issues without talking about the human. And so it's like we're trying to fix all of these things outside of ourselves, but you're right. Nothing is going to change in any significant manner if we don't do this kind of work. So this is more about finding a boyfriend. That's awesome. This is about humanity. So no pressure, but... <laughs> <laughs> it, but we're already
1: feeling the intense pressure. I think that's what the Venus sequence really reveals is like these pressure dams are inside me. And, and instead of giving more guilt and uh, and constriction to mm-hmm. deal with that pressure it's asking us how do these pressures align and realign in ourselves and then in the collective field and i think that's even as we move to the the final sphere and the venus sequence is called the core the core wound and you'll see ironically if you get your free profile it's called the vocation because it's both the venus sequence and the pearl sequence It's where our the spiral, the paradoxical spiral of going so deep into ourselves that we hit that moment of conception of that sacred wound of our little soul, whatever whatever was before, got split from that other that that one that unity of what was before and entered into being cells in our mother's womb, and we've all been cells in our mother's womb, just as we are cells of this great mother Earth. There is this very quintessential moment that we touch back into this wound that it is to be human Mm. you know and in turn as we listen and and relax into that core and really see how that core wound has flavored itself in everything we do Mm. it also connects us to a core gift that is connecting us to humanity and it becomes our vocation. Our poison becomes our medicine that we give out to the world, that we actually do initiate great change in the world. But it comes from that core all the way through our gifts. And and I'm glad you used the word urgency because there is absolute urgency and and. Uh, it was a fantastic um um piece on for the wild podcast about humility amidst urgency and and the depth of relaxation that 's mm. still needed in crisis and so we need to both relax the to allow what is happening without forgetting and losing track of what we 're doing and what is needed of us in this great time. So mm. may our core be a reminder of how to soften into this into this innocent wound of of our then the deepest wound of ourselves and actually how it does touch the collective and it can lead in fact must lead to compassion in action but that comes from a natural byproduct as opposed to a a rushed and forced and and unhealthy push on the world if that makes
0: Absolutely. And if I was a good podcaster, I would end this episode there because that was such a mic drop. But I have a couple other questions. (laughs) um, I would love an example because this is a big one. Um, I would love an example if you could provide a personal one on how your core wound becomes your vocation, how that transition even works. Is it literally what you do for a living? You know, that's another big question on everyone's mind totally i
1: think that's a that's it's always a good one because you know the jinkies doesn't tell you go be a banker or a plumber mm-hmm. or a, a it doesn't tell you your job description in that way why i mean i, I hope that's not encoded from our birth time that seems a little <laughs> odd but it, what it does say is like what is the style of of your love as it's called out into the world? And, and where do those wound patterns teach us about the, the, the gifts that we have to share? So for me, it's the shadow of judgment. And I went through a very deep time of my life of feeling like it's all my fault. So I have a line one judgment, and it's like, it's all my fault. And, you know, the more I learn about being a white man in America, like there's some deep collective like wounds there that I really need to explore of like, wow, this is a profound journey of healing inside myself to honestly and introspectively reflect on not only my life, but the foundations that have built the place that I grew up and all of the things in my life. And in turn, integrity is the gift there. If I stay stuck looking at the cracks of the, of the cauldron all day long, the cauldron's still going to be leaking and I'm just going to be upset and not actually helping any of that. So it was, Oh, I need to stop hyper-focusing all of this judgment on all of the cracks that I see. And integrity for me is the, is that amazing golden repair practice. of I fill those cracks with the gold Mm -hmm. of my awareness and my attention. So the one thing I found I could do of the line one integrity was whether where I was, I had to be from the bones of my body, through every action that I did, every choice that I made, I had to live into the goal of my integrity. And I found myself in different situations, different boardrooms and different crazy things in my life. And was like, actually, it doesn't even matter what it is that I, the theater of what it's I'm supposed to be doing. I know on a deep level, my vocation right now is to make sure that I ask this question of integrity from my bones through my actions. And I think that's a—it's been a beautiful thing in my life because I've stopped. I don't stop seeing the cracks. I'm a very judgmental person, and I don't like everything that I see out there, uh, inside myself or out there. But integrity, integrity, integrity—you know—it—it's that. (laughs) It is that I take on that. Oh, this is a this is a cauldron that we're in, and I can't be perfect, but I am perfect in my perfecting my, my aspiration to be better is a part of the inherent perfection that is helping all of us through these times. So Mm -hmm. the core let me touch that deep longing of my soul to bring integrity through the foundation of how I live my life. And that does literally influence my job even to this day.
0: Wow. That is so well said. That's another one of my favorite Gene Keys. I find that one a very challenging one though. Um, I find people that have that in their design have a real a real challenge ahead of them because to be aware of so many issues, what a great gift to be that. Maybe I'm thinking about farsightedness actually. Oh they're they go hand in hand, right? Down, yeah. Down. I mean, to be that aware of of everything in the world um, to see almost too much, that one, then one's capable of seeing and dealing with. Uh, it's like such a beautiful hero's kind of gift, but also hard. I, I just really commend you on that.
1: I, I do, you know, the, the, in the I Ching it's called working on what's been spoiled. And that jinky 18 is such a intense alchemical one. And, and there are some of those keys where you start to see it in like, Ooh, I have compassion for you. Like, Oh wow. That's a tough one for your purpose or whatever. And I think that's a part of it is, is the 18 is a, is a, as itself is an acupuncture needle. And I think mm. it's, it's bringing that love into very painful places. And so I think that's what's so great about this is and, and I, I know it's given me a lot of compassion to myself and, or not even just compassion. What is it? Like context, like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. That's, you know, I've had a lot of loss in my life and it's very powerful to feel that loss and be like, wow, I am a better human being through the the transformation that intense loss has caused for me and my family. Mm-hmm. And and so when that 18 touches on some of the most tender places, and I think your core will always do that as you listen to it. It's like, it's touching on the most tender places of who we are. I always think of the fetus like roiled up. It's, it's what is going to make you on the ground, naked, crying, just wrapped in yourself. That's your core. And who are you after that? Those tears like fall and dry off a little bit and you step back up and breathe like you're reborn after mm-hmm. those kind of catharsis. And that's the core constantly kind of healing that deepest level of us. And again, something that may all beings find their own healthy pathway to being able to gently touch those places. And, and I do feel like that's where real change will happen uh, mm-hmm. as more of us are willing and, and supported in that journey.
0: So there's a core wound um, and I understand that this is all a lifelong experience. There's something about the core wound that feels like it's always there. Is that pretty accurate?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I also joke of like, they're all, they're, you know, good luck getting rid of any of these right there. <laughs> I think what's so powerful about that feeling that you just described of it's always there is, is it's kind of like, that's the one in your own in your own soul's journey in this life from the big bang all the way through to the end, the core is running its story. And Mm. it's the golden thread through all of those amazing trials and tribulations we go through. And, and, you know, it's a, it's a, yeah. So I think it's a, it's amazing when you can trust in the bedrock of that part of you. And uh, how so often we're trying to get rid of that wound and and avoid that wound at all costs. And so it's, you know, it's painfully revealing to look at all of your shadows and say, wow, look at all my shadows. They've all been taught by this amazing shadow that's been running the game the whole time. And I didn't even know. Mm -hmm. And and in turn, of course, awareness brings incredible possibility. And like and that was maybe the turn for me is it's all my fault. It's all my fault if it's all my fault, I can do something about it. And it was this like rewriting <laughs> of that story for a second of just like, well, then I can do something that helps, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's what I think when the core wound is unwound, you know, it, it, it is, it has a lot more to say than we ever gave it credit for. Um, that would be my piece on that.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. Um, my core, or my vocation sphere is a 40.4. And I laughed when I read it initially because it's all about relaxation. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so I'm supposed to relax for a living. And my husband at the time was like, yeah, that sounds like you. <laughs> like I don't want to do anything. <laughs> but the this is the one that I will reread and reread. And I'm just like, there's something about it that I wasn't ready for. And it wasn't until this year where I went through a separation and I went through an extreme bout of exhaustion trying to figure my life out and fast track getting to this next place this next phase because i felt like i was in this long hallway and it felt uncomfortable to not know what was next and now just i mean now it's making more sense in the last moments that we had talked about this what I've been struggling with, and people who listen to this podcast are probably like, yeah, Jessica, you talk about this every single episode, but I just don't hear it, right? It's the common theme of my life of this exhaustion resolve thing. I just want to feel more resolute in my choices and feel like I can plant my flag in something and feel really good about it. Um, Hence the inconsistency of the episodes that come out. I'm constantly just like not sure not sure so yeah this is so great i can't wait to go back and reread that one Mm. what comes up for you for the 40.4 i
1: i also love that that jinky that's one of those that i wish every person could just (laughs) listen to because but you know that relax the the 40 taught me this thing of relaxation is not giving up and giving up won't help me relax and it was this this place of like my resolve can't be rigid but it can't be flaccid and it's constantly asking for this balance point because yeah. as love plays itself through the flute of who i am you have to be that hollow container so if things are inconsistent but if you if you're trying to make something consistent and it's making you feel exhausted you know and that's a good thing about like listening to the to the shadow because it's like i don't want to be giving more of the shadow as my gift right i don't want to be giving or as my vocation i don't want to be pushing and that jinky in its shadow is such a pusher and with the line mm-hmm. four two it's like well it doesn't care it matter how i feel i'm gonna push you know it mm-hmm. doesn't or i'm gonna numb out my experience or i can't feel the depth of grief that's in there so i'm gonna hide that somehow whether it's telling you what you want to hear as the politician or or keeping myself separate but when and clearly, I can definitely reflect. This is clearly your gift. Is that when you speak, when the when the forty when the line four speaks and gives something that it genuinely believes in, that it authentically is doing for itself, and is your, your influence is so infectious because mm-hmm. you're resonating at a level of oh, that's what it feels like to relax and soften my body. And suddenly we we join your rhythm, we join that heart space and I'll buy what you sell me because you're for <laughs> real about it. Like that's I want we hunger that authenticity so that the amazingness of that of any of your you know core lines is like, oh, wow, look at that deep frozen version of my mm-hmm. gift. And and what does it feel like to thaw that armor and speak to it vulnerably? And I have a feeling it'll be a divine gift. Oh,
0: gosh, Elijah, the words that you use, it annoys me because they're so well put together. Thawing. That word itself, it's a slow process. I mean, you could put it in the microwave, but you're going to have molten lava on the outside and ice on the inside. You know, it's just, gosh, so good. You guys, man, it's annoying in a great way. (laughs) Like, I really respect it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for hopping on and going through this material with me. Um, From a personal standpoint, it's really, feels like such an honor to get your interpretation of my design. Mm -hmm. And I hope that it inspires people to go through their Gene Keys as well. This isn't the Gene Keys podcast, but I talk about it so often that... I don't know. I just I, I don't get any kickbacks, guys. I just love this so much that I hope everybody goes through it. If it resonates and aligns for you, it was a game changer for me. And when I'm bored at home, I open up the Gene Keys. I open up my profile, like, what can I learn today? It's filled with adventure. I'm I swear I'm like overselling it, but really I do like it a lot. <laughs> so, um, all right, a a reminder on when the Venus sequence is going to close. That is going to be October 31st. 2022 but if you're listening to this after then you can go onto the website at any point and purchase the self-study course um everything's very reasonable as well with the gene keys this isn't one of these self-help companies that's really overpricing to get elite people you know no no worries if that's your company if you're listening but um this is very accessible and timed in a way that you can work it into your busy schedule if you have one so you can go to genekeys.com and it'll probably be on the homepage, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, where else can people find you or find the Gene Keys? Uh, well, you can find me. I have a website,
1: fractaldoors.com, where I do my uh, my session work, but also my mandala videos and music mm-hmm. and things like that. It's just my creative profile. And and with the Gene Keys, I you know. There's I would just recommend if you if you've been inspired by any of this, like grab the book, sign up to the pulse. It's every five days. There's a new jinky that's just being illuminated by the sun. And it's just a soft way. It's just like you said, just open the book, have a little adventure with yourself. Like grab a nice cup of tea. Let this be one of the little gems that seeps in to your life because it doesn't want anything of you. But it has so many great gifts inside ourselves. And I would just love to see more people turned on by these kinds of conversations and exploring themselves with each other. And may we mm-hmm. share a language that excites the, the gifts inside our challenges. So oh. uh, Jinkies.com, The Pulse, it's a great place to be as well.
0: Thank you, Elijah. You have a fantastic day. I hope we reconnect soon in person one of these days. And uh, yeah, I'll see some of you at the Venus Sequence retreat, which I will be attending as well.
1: Well, thank you so much. It was a pleasure and an honor.